Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You are listening to the E2C Network, where the Auburn family speaks. Where go, Auburn fans? Welcome to No Huddle, your source for Auburn football news and discussion. Part of the E2C Network. I'm AJ Richardson, and I'm also here with Jared Davis. We beat the Rebel Black Bear Shark thing in the Bobs. We beat them down the night before Halloween, <laughs> and uh, we did it pretty well. 31-20 over the number ten Ole Miss uh, Rebel Black Bear Shark thing in the Bobs. How you feeling, Jared? <laughs> I'm feeling pretty good, man. I like the uh, I like the the names you're given. The Rebel Black, yeah, whatever they are. I don't know what they are. Um, <laughs> But they, I, I maybe the Ole Miss cramps. Does that work? Because they sure. they kept going down with cramps and fifty degree weather. Yeah, there was definitely some cramping going on. Mm-hmm. Even I mean, I, I I don't know if you saw it, but I I I heard it. One of the commentators, um, he was like, "Oh yeah, and that number five, 55, He just uh, went down again, and then like literally like a couple seconds later, he was like, "Oh, he's back in there." And the other commentator was like, "Of course he is." And I was yeah. like, what well, like I, I thought it was even funny because there's one that's super obvious and even Chandler Wooten posted he's like prayer yeah. prayers for this dude <laughs> I mean it's <sighs> you know the thing is is people say every team does it and Auburn did it against LSU there's a pretty famous one and I didn't like it then and I don't like it now the problem is, is Ole Miss does it every game like it is literally their strategy yeah well you saw you saw the dude look over at the sidelines and you're like coach told him to get down like <laughs> And that's annoying. Um, like, I don't know what you do to fix that. I mean, the rule right now is you have to step out for a play, which actually that guy didn't step out for a play after you cramped, um, unless you use a timeout, I think, is the kind of the exception. But he didn't even step out for a play. So it was like, oh, they did, you know, stretched him out, and then he got to play in the next play. So it's like there wasn't even a punishment for it, and that's kind of weird. Like, there should be I, something. I seen. I don't know what you do either because how do you – determine like other than giving them a lie detector test on the field i don't know how you tell if it's real or not but i did see somebody bring up the point of making them miss an entire series if they go out with an injury yeah um that's interesting it would stop this but it would also hinder somebody who truly was you know got the wind knocked out but could come back in so i don't know i mean especially if it's a especially if it's a key player like a quarterback maybe he's got a big hit and he had to step out for a couple plays but then he's better like I don't know if that's necessarily the right play either. Well, remind me of this. Do they um, – isn't there an offensive new rule now where if some if you go down or something, there's like a 10-second runoff? Haven't they already kind of addressed – because I think they were afraid people were using this on offense. I feel like at a certain point in the game, if you go down and you have no timeouts left, that's what it is. If you don't have timeouts left and your offensive player goes down, I think there's a runoff. Oh, I mean, mm-hmm. I, I'm not aware of that, but it – actually kind of makes sense either pro or college i want to say college adapted this rule if you have no timeouts and you're under two minutes if a player goes down and either one of the leagues i i think there's a runoff 
Oh, and they okay. did that to keep people from going down because they stopped the clock when there's an injury. Right. Yeah, so it was exactly. meant to keep people from doing this on the offensive side. Yeah. I mean, maybe that's another, uh, I don't know. I feel like you have, I mean, like, obviously, like, don't get, don't hear me wrong. Like, obviously people get injured all the time in football. It happens. Like, I'm not, uh, I'm, I'm just saying like when players, like they literally look over, they, they run onto the field and they're good. And then like, all of a sudden they're like, oh, I'm down on the ground. I'm injured. Help me out. And it's like, um, I don't, I don't think I've ever gotten necessarily a cramp just like that, but I don't know. Well, and, and pick a better injury when it's 50 degrees. Like, you don't, (laughs) I mean, I I didn't play college athletics, but you don't get a ton of cramps when it's cold. You can, but it's not the common one. So maybe pick another one. Yeah. But I know that's kind of, you know, nitpicky, um, I know I've I've heard a lot of you know Ole Miss fans and and I think you have too Jared where they're kind of complaining about the refs and yeah while while there's you know not the greatest you know SEC refs I mean they're just SEC refs let's be honest like they're gonna make some bad calls I didn't think necessarily it lost them the game but yet Ole Miss is just pointing fingers at oh the refs lost us this game they did that they called this and you're like that didn't lose you a game. I, I don't. I don't think it did. What do you think, Jared? Like, you, you scored three points in the second half. I mean, the ref is not going to. What do you need them to score more than three points? If you do, you may not be a good team. <laughs> so, I, here's my thing. It just gets old. Whenever Auburn wins, the refs helped them, and it feels like it's with any team. And maybe that's how everybody talks to every team. Um, but I don't think so. There's been very few games where I said the refs cost us that game. I typically hold this assumption. If you rely on the refs, it's your fault. If you Mm. don't do enough to win and leave it close enough for the refs, it's your fault. I think the 2018 LSU game is the closest I came because they literally, it was pass after pass after pass. They just marched them down the field with pass interference. That's the closest I've come to like that actually cost us the game. But even then, I said Auburn should have scored more points. So, like, if you if you if you're relying on the refs to win a ball game, uh, you probably need to go back to the drawing board. Yeah. Oh, agreed. I mean, it's it's like in most sports, it's just you shouldn't rely on the refs. I mean, I mean, I, I talk about it a lot. Like, sports is and football in particular is about adversity and overcoming that. And, and like, the coaches and players have to overcome even when there's a bad call. Like, you know, coaches and players will even get, you know, mad about it, but it's about what you do in response to that. And if you, you just, you don't, you still don't score points. I mean, literally they scored three points in the second half. Case in point. Go ahead. Go ahead. Kira, I thought you were done. No, I'm just going to like, I'm finished my thought. Like it's, you're just not going to win. And that's not on the refs. Like every time Ole Miss got down in the, you know, the red zone, it wasn't because the refs made a bad call that they turned the ball over no it's because your team didn't execute it's because your your quarterback missed a pass it's because you threw an interception it's not on the refs to do that uh you know that's yeah that's my point robertson gives them the ball at like the 20 yard line by muffing by muffing the punt and you didn't score and so that's not on the refs that is a combination of you not executing and auburn you know bowing up and keeping you from scoring so um yeah, I mean, like, you had opportunities. Um, I would blame Lane Kiffin on his play calling and decision-making more than yeah. I would blame the refs, if I was being honest. Yeah, they can't I mean, blame there's... Lane, though, because, I, mean, I mean, he's the best thing that's happened to them in a long time. So, 
um, you know, they, they, they need him. Yeah. I mean, and, and the way he plays is just very aggressive. I mean, they, they go for it on fourth down a lot and that's just the way they are. And Hey, guess what? Auburn's really good. I think coming into this game, we were like, we were stopping fourth downs three of like 13. So like there were not many conversions. It was like less than 30% of, you know, complete, you know, they, they were able to complete a fourth down. That was about what happened today or uh, during the game. Like it's, it's hard. Uh, Auburn's defense is tough on fourth down. <laughs> they know it matters and they have caused a lot of turnover and downs. And they, they did that again, um, which was a great thing to see because my goodness, like second quarter, I mean, I was kind of with most Auburn fans. It was just like, what happened to our defense in the second half or the first, uh, second quarter? Sorry. And you know what? Derek Mason, again, showing that he makes adjustments and gets his defense back on the track. He did it. He came back and yeah, had a great game plan. The players knew exactly what they were doing. Did not allow, but only three points in all of the the second half. I mean, like that is a defensive performance that is really good against a team like Ole Miss that can put up tons of points. I mean, to keep Ole Miss to only twenty points, I mean, I think that was a season low for them. That's the a, lowest that's the lowest since Lane's been there. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? Like that's that's showing the development of our defense and you know, as much as, you know, we've had criticisms, they're they're figuring things out. This defense is playing well. They they led the SEC and I think we're fourth in the country in rushing. They I mean, listen, we gave up 150 something yards. Typically you're like, that's not great. Yeah, but they usually get two fifty. So yeah. I mean, we stopped them at what they really love to do. Um they are really more run than pass. Well, they're pretty balanced. Um, gave up more passing yards than we would like, three hundred and something. But yeah, to hold them to one fifty, I mean, that was the difference in the game. I think. Yeah, that's what I think. So, I mean, I had a feeling, and and Auburn. I mean, on the flip side, our run game came alive. Which, I mean, we were talking about it. The bye week, I, I thought was going to be the biggest for not only I think Owen Papo coming back from an injury, but also from a perspective of we're we're going to be able to rest up the guys and be able to run. And guess what? We ran the ball, and we ran it pretty well. I mean, Tank Bigsby, goodness, like he, dude, he was, was on, on a mission. tear. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he was on he, a mission. He wanted to get some yards and some touchdowns. He wanted to say, "I'm not injured. I I want to play hard," <coughs> and he sure did, which was pretty cool. Um, Jared, I know you got to go to the game. Kind of wanted to talk about that. Um, I've still yet to experience the the light show at night in Jordan Hare. How was that? I've heard great things. I mean, it looks cool from TV, but like, what was it like in person? It was pretty awesome. I don't want to overdo it or play it, but um, I'm not somebody that really cares much about that stuff. Like, I'm just so nervous and anxious at games. That's all I focus on, I tunnel vision. <laughs> uh, but you, it was pretty awesome. I mean, when the lights go off for the first time, I wasn't even, a, yeah, I didn't know when it was coming. I thought maybe once a game. They did it right. Like, they come out of the tunnel with the lights off. Ooh, and yes. and they got the orange going. It's pretty cool, man. I mean, it's worth the price of admission. Uh, you definitely need to try a night game at Auburn. Uh, I, I don't get paid for this by Auburn to push it this hard, but it was <laughs> it was it was very it was really awesome. A nice addition. I know a lot, most schools are doing it now, but the ones that aren't are losing out. And I think it's a big deal for like recruiting and stuff too, because the crowd gets into it. It's a cool. It's just so cool when the lights go out, um, and then they come on orange. Oh yeah, um, it's pretty. It's pretty cool. 
yeah I, i'm looking forward to it hopefully i get uh, uh i'm potentially going to like mississippi state or definitely the iron bowl so it depends on i guess what time those games are at i'm hoping for night games for those just so i can see the light the light show well and i grew up you know when you had to turn those lights on 30 minutes before game time for them to actually fully be all the way on so to for them to click them on and off <laughs> oh yeah in, in a second's time it's like wait a minute what kind of lights are these so that's pretty cool it was pretty yeah. nice and it's weird because the led lights so I was kind of surprised that this top stadium wasn't fully packed, but you couldn't see it either. Like, so you, you, you feel more closed in the led lights. You can't see the upper deck when they're on. So it's kind of a, a cooler effect too, or you, I don't know, you feel more compact and close, but yeah, uh, definitely all in all pretty cool. Cool. Um, I also want to get your thoughts. So Auburn for the first time, in like 40 years had an orange face mask, which, you know, probably for most people they're like, okay, whatever. I personally think that's awesome. I I'm I'm a big fan of you know the slight tweaks to a traditional uniform like that. I I was a huge fan personally. Um, what did you what did you think of how Auburn you know executed on doing an orange face mask for a game like this? So it's hard to tell live. You can't you really can't even tell when you're looking live. But I could see up on the big screen, and I've seen highlights when I got home. But um, I thought it looked really good. I was super excited just for the change because I like doing a little change. Like the, these recruits love this stuff too. So players love that's it. That's true. So I was like, all right, that's cool. We're doing orange face mask. I don't know how it's going to look, but that's cool. I thought it looked amazing. I, I could even be talked into like that be our normal mat, face mask. That won't happen. But I could even be talked into that because I thought it looked that good. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it looked really sick. Like I even thought about, I know we've, we on our, sh- like the stripe and maybe Clint, you know, this is part of the reason that, like, Clint Richardson, like, was such a big fan of this. I think this, like, the orange was metallic on the stripe of the helmet also, and it kind of matched, like, with the face mask. And I was like, oh, that just looks so good. Um, I mean, I, I could also be very much, you know, convinced, let's do, you know, maybe the orange some games and then maybe the navy other games. I don't know. I I think both look really good, but definitely the orange was just like a, yeah, for an Auburn fan, that's kind of a big deal. It it was nice. I again, I, I was just thinking, no, that's gonna be cool. It was cool and also looked really good. Yeah, um, I did want to talk a little bit about Ole Miss because I I do think that they are an impressive team, and man, like Matt Corral is is such a baller. Like reminds me, I mean, he's just he's just so gutsy. I mean, like how the heck? I mean, like. I don't know if you could tell this in the stadium, but like on TV, they had, you know, cameras on Matt Corral's face when he went down in the first quarter and dude looked like he had just, you know, broken his ankle, like snapped in two, like in anguish. And I have no idea how the heck he came back and was able to still play football and actually run around a little bit too. Um, what what was your kind of you know impressions of how Matt Corral kind of bounced back from that? Uh, yeah, I mean in a in a season of not really huge performers, I mean I, you could maybe argue Michigan State's running back now. He had a ridiculous day, and Wake Forest running back. I thought Corral was probably the Heisman front runner coming in, and I don't know that much changed. Um, he's not putting up crazy like you know Joe Burrow numbers, but he he's really good. He's a gamer. Uh, I I like the dude. He's very scary. Their offense is very scary. I I 
know I picked us to win by 10, but there was a part of me that's like, man, they could put up 50 points on us. So um, I think he's a good player. I think he's a good fit for Lane, and I am super excited that we were able to corral him <laughs> enough, enough to uh, come out with a win. Yeah, same here. I mean, I, I know he came in. You know, I don't think he was still 100%, but, I mean, he was still able to run around and be pretty accurate with most of his passes. So, like – I, he's he's definitely on up there. I I mean I think he's still got to be in the conversation about Heisman. But I mean a game like this, yeah. I, I mean yeah he puts up 289 yards, but he does throw an interception on a key play. He had multiple chances to win the game for them. Now Ole Miss has you know another loss. I mean do do you, <laughs> I mean. How do how do you convince me that like an uh, an Ole Miss team that you know is going to have multiple losses, their quarterback should be the Heisman? Like I I don't think he should. In all reality, if you're losing games, but that's just yeah. If, well, if they fall off, like if they only lose two, okay, you know, yeah, if they wind up with three or four losses, and and it's just right now, like honestly, right now nobody's wowing me, blowing me away. I don't think you can win the Heisman being at Michigan State or Wake Forest. Uh, no offense. Yeah. So, um, and it's going to be tough at Ole Miss. It may be another one of those default, you know, where um, uh, Alabama fans are going to hate this. Mark Ingram should not have won the Heisman. He was the most boring Heisman winner ever. Uh, But he was the most important player on the best team. And I could see Bryce Young winning it because there's just nobody else there to take it. (laughs) So, I don't know, man. Um, Somebody needs to step up and take it away. This is super crazy. He's not putting up those kind of numbers, but if he makes a run and gets us to Atlanta, Bo Nix will be in that combo. Now he yeah. won't he won't win it, and he should not. But he'll be in that combo, and to even talk about that this late in the season is just silly. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I also want to talk about uh, because I keep seeing this you know headline: Auburn controls its own destiny, and you know it's it's true. If we went out and you know we we're gonna make it to the sec championship um now that's an uphill battle i mean i'm not sugarcoating it here we still have sec teams ahead of us and bama like and texas a&m i mean like it's tough like you you have to play every week um and play well and that's something auburn has to you know embrace like we can't get you know concerned about oh we can do it it's no, we need to win every game. And I think that comes back to Harson's you know, mindset, the one and zero kind of mindset. Um, and, and I think the players that helps them, that helps them focus on this week and not worry about, uh, what's ahead of them. Hey, Auburn fans. I want to take a quick timeout from this episode to bring your attention to something very special here at the E2C network. We pride ourselves on bringing you the best content for Auburn fans out there. And best of all, it's free to you. But just because it's free doesn't mean there aren't costs, especially when you have a library of hundreds of podcasts, videos, blogs, and more. Many of you have reached out and asked how you can support this network in the past. Well, now I have your answer. It's called the E2C Network Booster Club over at patreon.com slash E2C Network. There you'll find a membership monthly reward system where you can sign up for as little as $1 and get different perks at different tiers. Some of those perks include things such as apparel, eligibility to join us on future podcasts, recognition as an E2C Network booster, 
exclusive communications, and bonus content that is available nowhere else. If you love this network and want to help us keep producing podcasts like this one, please head on over to patreon.com slash E2C network to join the E2C Network Booster Club. You can also get there by going to our website, e2cnetwork.com slash support. Whether you decide to join or not, we are still so appreciative that you would support us by just listening and being here because each and every one of you is part of our E2C Network family. Well, that's it. Timeout's over. Let's get back into the episode. Any other kind of thoughts about, you know, Derek Mason, any other coaches um, and kind of what they're doing right now? I am super impressed with Mike Bobo. I mean, dude is scheming guys. He schemed guys open against Georgia. I mean, mm-hmm. he was scheming guys open. I mean, th- I wasn't. I don't. I don't know. I didn't see everything, but there was guys around us that were saying on every pass, Bo would throw it to an open guy and get thirty yards, and there was guys saying, "Oh, he had so and so wide open for a touchdown. Oh, he had so and so wide open for a touchdown." Wow. I don't know if it's true because I didn't see it, but if that's true, like multiple guys open, I mean, this is this is like craziness for Auburn fans, you know. Yeah. Um, I mean, if Seth Williams ha- could have been schemed open, can you imagine? <laughs> Anthony Schwartz schemed open, can you imagine? They had people on them all the time. Yeah. So I'm super impressed with Mike Bobo um, and what they've been able to do with Bo Nix. And I didn't realize this, but listening to the radio, if you didn't watch it, listen on the radio, you probably don't know this. Mike Bobo grew up an Auburn fan. Yeah. Um, I don't. Not a lot of people know that. So he grew up an Auburn fan was probably going to come to Auburn. I think it was at the end when Pat Dial was kind of under some investigating, so that tipped him to Georgia, but uh, I found that interesting. Yeah, I thought so too. You know what was also kind of interesting? They they showed this on the broadcast. They started talking about that, um, and then they, they also showed a clip of Mike Bobo, uh, at quarterback for Georgia, throwing a touchdown against Auburn, and I was like, that feels weird. Like, why did you <laughs> show that highlight? Like, yeah, I'm with you. I was the same way. That's weird, um, but yeah. <laughs> but I, 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 when we got Bobo, I was like, "All right, cool. That's going to help us in recruiting." But I wasn't super excited about the offense. I mean, right now, man, seems to be clicking. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I thought Bobo was kind of just like a you know a placeholder in a way, um, you know, so Harson could run his offense or something. And no, this this looks awesome. Like this combination of whatever Harson and Bobo are doing on offense, it's working. And I I think that's the exciting part. You are just seeing lots of different ways Auburn's able to use our offense. And it's hard to, you know, prepare for that if you're a defense. You're thinking, Oh, yeah, let's, you know, stop this one thing and then Auburn comes out and, you know, does the other thing. And we do it well. And and that's that's hard to do. Um, in college football, be able to have you know what they call multiple. Like you're you're good at you know maybe you're just running the ball really well, but you know if they're stopping the run, you got Bo Nix in his arm and his wide receivers now that are you know clicking well with him. That's that's hard to stop. So AJ, didn't we have was it nine receivers? I mean, what do you do as a D right. coordinator? I mean, nine receivers had catches. Yeah, and and some of those were tight ends. I mean, yeah, that's hard to defend. That really is. So. The- the one flaw, I, I, I'm starting to love Bo. The one thing he did, he showed twice yesterday. He showed back to his, like he ju- he did a jump pass out to the, out to Shivers that went over his head. So he jumped again. And then he did, uh, he overthrew, it might have been Schenker on a seam route that he would have walked in from 60 yards out. So, however, that's the only two bad things I have to say about Bo Nick. So that's a lot better than it used to be. So, um, yeah, super impressed with, with the development of him. Yeah, I, I definitely noticed that as well. I mean, 
two plays out of you know thirty that he passed, and that's not too bad in not my bad. books. Not bad. Um, and, especially, and he, I, I was gonna say, like, I mean, had almost three hundred yards passing and a touchdown, and then he ran for a couple more touchdowns. That that again is kind of you know showing Bo Nix and his capabilities that we. I mean, like, I think we all kind of knew it, but it's finally being realized that he has the potential and now it's getting realized like he he's now able to say you know what i'm a good player and here's some stats to prove it he's starting to build up that like i think we all you know saw spurts of it in season previous but now we're able to say you know what these last like three or four games for bonix have been some of the best games he's had in his career and they're back to back to back which is awesome the SEC final crew, it's Chiswick and some guy from Florida, um, who I kind of like, but he made a great comment. He said, it, Bo Nix, it appears to have finally clicked with him. He is not trying, he's not having to try, he's not trying to win a game by himself anymore. He is now working within the offense, distributing the ball to playmakers, and you are seeing the development and what that's turning into. And that's true. He's not having to do it by himself anymore. He finally realizes that he's staying in the pocket, working within the offense. Yeah. And, um, yeah, so it's, it's fun to see. Yeah, no doubt. And I, I also, I mean, you're seeing this offensive line do well. I mean, that's got to help Bo. It helps our run game. I mean, that again, like, what did we just talk about in our bye week you know, podcast? I think that if you have the you know potency of a good run game with Bo Nix and these wide receivers, that's, that's hard, hard to defend. And you're starting to see, you know, for the last few weeks, I think, you know, at least this week, we were able to run the ball. We've had the passing. Can we do more rushing and on a consistent basis against good defenses? Um, that's that's still to be a, you know determined, but I like where we're at, and uh, I think offensively, we're really moving down the field, both running and passing. I mean, that's that's something fun to be watched. I mean, that, that's what Auburn fans have been saying. Like, we want to run the ball well. And this was one of the first games against SEC opponents that I thought, wow, yeah, we did well. Um, I did want to shout out Tank. He did uh, have 140 yards uh, 20 on 23 carries. That's about six-yard average. Um, ended up with the touchdown where he went you know, over the top, which was always cool. Um, I feel like that's always a cool tribute. I feel like I know they're not probably doing it, you know, Bo Jackson jumping over the top, but like every time they somebody play, somebody does it, I'm like, how can you not think about Bo Jackson over the top? Like, it's just so beautiful. I agree. It was a beautiful thing. He said, he was interviewed. He's like, I, I just told myself I got to get in the end zone somehow. Hey, hey, you saw there wasn't a running lane, so hop over him. Tank played, Tank played possessed that game, and he was very into it. He had seemed a little, um, I don't want to say out of it, but it seemed kind of nonchalant. And I know it wasn't. It just kind of appeared that way. But he he was like into it. He went and celebrated with the crowd. He was first down signing every time he got one. He he was back to being tank. It was good to see. Yeah, I thought so too. Um, and then, like you mentioned, our wide receivers, like when you're passing to so many guys and so many tight ends, like that's hard to defend. I mean, I, the guy leading the pack was Kobe Hudson, who had six uh, car- or six receptions for 79 yards. And uh, even then, I mean, most of the other guys only got, you know, a couple catches each. So that's going to be hard, to, you know, for anybody um, to figure out who who should you put your best guy on. Um, so, yeah, and a lot of those, honestly, were big plays, especially with Kobe Hudson. Like, 
he he was playing a great game. Like I've said it before, I think if it's not Kobe Hudson, it's going to be Demetrius Robertson. That's kind of like our go-to wide receivers. And I think Kobe Hudson is, again, making a name for himself that he can be that guy. Um, let's kind of, you know, briefly wrap up with some uh, defensive and uh, special teams conversations. I did want to talk about Auburn's defense in the second half because that was a perfect example of we're, we're going to bend but not break. I mean, how many times uh, Ole Miss got within the 20-yard line and still didn't score was just insane. I mean, the the number of times that even Ole Miss got into Auburn's territory, which, you know, if you get into Auburn's territory, like, you should probably, like, at least come away with something, at least a field goal. They, they drove down eight times into Auburn territory. Eight. Only came out with 20 points the whole game. That's awesome. That's something that this defense should be celebrating because there's there's plenty of defenses out there that are not doing that, especially against Ole Miss and with how good they are. Um, any other thoughts about you know this defense and how uh, they were able to perform against you know this very very high talented? I mean, I mean Ole Miss put up a lot of points or a lot of yards. Sorry, um, this game four hundred sixty four yards total and still only came out with twenty. 20 points the whole game yeah i mean i think we need to rethink what we are i mean we all got accustomed to kevin Steele, and you know um i got in a conversation with a buddy and he said you know would we be any different with Steele this year or would we taken a step back i think we'd probably be a little better but we still would have taken a step back just because we lost some talent or you know just just from a, a, a transition of things but um at the end of the day i think that you know, what we're doing, we are basically truly bending, but don't break. So we're giving up yards, but we're not giving up points. And we now have a competent offense to where that you get, the game was pretty much won when we hit, we went down and scored seven and held them to three. And from Mm -hmm. then on, we stayed ahead of pace. We stayed ahead of them. I think we're good enough on offense. If we can hold teams to three, we can win. So, very impressed. The second half numbers are just ridiculous. Mason and them are ta- making great adjustments. I don't know why they can't do that, like, in the second quarter, but <laughs> at least they're doing it in the second half. So, really impressed. And the other p- thing I will make a mention is everybody kept talking about Ole Miss was the best fourth down team in America. We were on offense. We were the best fourth down team on defense. Who was going to win out? And I think we won out. Oh, yeah. No doubt. I mean, they were one of four um, on fourth downs. Um I mean, I don't know if you can get much. I mean, like, obviously you can't get better than that. But in a, in a lot of those, those were short down, you know, fourth and one, fourth and two. The offense kind of has a little bit of a, you know, leg up if they can just, you know, execute on their plays, and they did not. Um, and and I, one other thing, I mean, this is a cool stat. Um, I forget who it was. I think it was one of the beat writers. Um, they said Ole Miss had 51 snaps for their, you know, first part of the game. And none of those were over 20 yards, which means Auburn's defense is keeping everything in front of them. The longest play was 20 yards. And you're you're making Ole Miss do the you know, 5, 10, 15-yard plays, which does move you down the field ultimately, but you're not doing the big you know chunk plays. That Ole Miss, which you know, Ole Miss actually coming into this game, had 42 of those 20-plus-yard plays this season. And it took them 51 plays to get there during this game. 
Let me ask you a quick question. This kind of goes back to offense real quick, but I just thought of it, and I want to get your thoughts. We didn't see a lot of the deep attempts that we did against Arkansas, and I, I thought, well, they're not a great D. I don't know why. Do you think it was schematics that we basically just tried to control the clock and move? Because I feel like there was lacking some huge plays from us, and I feel like that was a D we probably could have done it on. But I'm wondering, was that on purpose? Were we trying to move the chains, keep their offense off the field? Uh, I don't know if it's schematic. Like Honestly, my first thought was, it was we just want to keep Ole Miss off the field because when Ole Miss is on the field, I mean, it was pretty obvious they moved the ball and we were trying to limit that as much as possible. So, I mean, I feel like even a couple of times, like we might have even gone a little bit slower than I would have expected, but I think it was a strategic thing. They were wanting to you know just eat up as much clock as possible. And, and you know what? It worked. So I, 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 yeah, obviously I would love, you know, some long bombs. I mean, those are always fun to see, but I mean, when, when you, when you have a good run game and you're just kind of eating up clock, I mean, it's hard to argue with that and that strategy. Yeah. Um, I did want to talk about special teams because I mean, you know me, I, I love my special teams. <laughs> um, we, we had some issues on special teams. We had a muff punt, a missed field goal. And some penalties on on kickoff and I think even some punt returns. So it was like, what's going on here? Like that is not the typical special teams um, performance that that we saw. Um, Oscar Chapman had some really good punts um, to be expected, um, but we did have you know Robertson drop that punt, which ultimately was you know <laughs> I'm amazed somehow Ole Miss didn't come away with something on that like. <laughs> that was insane. Like they should have come out with something on that, but they didn't. So, um, big shout out to the defense again. Um, any other thoughts about special teams? Uh, you would have been impressed. Your man, Oscar Chapman, when he makes punts and they're good, he comes over to the sideline. Like he's about to enter a wrestling match ring and he is fired up and the team <laughs> gets fired up with him. Um, hey. Hey, when you have an average of 56 yards a punt during a game, you, you can know do you that. something. You right? can do that. You know what? <laughs> you know what's cool too, and it's hard to hear. But before the game, they all do their little. They go up on the screen, the starters, and they say, you know, uh, where they're from, who they are, where they're from. Yeah. And it's just funny to hear him. You know, his talk, and he's like, you know, from the land down under. You know, most people. You know, it's like Zacoby McClain, Atlanta, Georgia. And I don't know if that's right, but Atlanta, Georgia. And then it gets to Oscar Chapman. He's like from the land down under. That's amazing. That's yeah. pretty cool. He doesn't so, even say you know Australia or something. Yeah, like, from down uh, under. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. It's it was uh, it was pretty cool. But he gets fired up, man. I was excited. I, I looked over and I was like, he, he's he's feeling this, and it, and the team is into it, and you like to see that because the kickers kind of get to the side like, yeah, 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 you're on the team, but we don't talk to you much. <laughs> no, they were getting pumped up with him. Yeah, I mean, dude had a long as sixty five. I think that was the one that kind of rolled in the end zone, which is a little unfortunate. But I mean. I think in the air, it was already going 50, 55 yards and then just got a bad roll. So it was like, if only it stuck, like that would have been beautiful. I, I do want to say real quick, and I'm rounding back onto everything. I feel like we got super sloppy in the second half. The the fumble by Robertson, uh, we had a couple penalties. Uh, Kobe Hudson, and I was walking out of the stadium at this point, but apparently I think he fumbled you know, on a drive. He did. I mean, yep. I, I feel like we had so many chances to literally just put them away and make this become like the Arkansas score. And we couldn't do it because we couldn't get out of our own way. Yeah. So, and it did start raining a little bit and that probably had a little bit of impact, but 
I would love to see. That is my only complaint. I thought we were well coached everywhere. Got a little sloppy in the second half for this, or we would not have been, you know, going down to the end on this. Yeah. Oh, I I thought the same thing. And and thankfully, Ole Miss was playing just as sloppy. So, I mean, if Ole Miss was firing on all cylinders, yeah, this, this game could be a lot different with how the second half for Auburn kind of played out. But, I mean, our defense, again, just showed out and uh, played well. And we won the game. You only got to win by one. Move on. Yeah. Hey, and we won by 11. So One by 11. I mean, I I didn't even honestly think a double-digit win over Ole Miss just with how how high scoring. I mean, they're known for bouncing back. Um, But it didn't happen this game. AJ, let me tell you something pregame. If I told you we scored three points in the second half and beat Ole Miss by 11, what would you say? (laughs) Man. I, I would not believe you. I just wouldn't. I would have, I would have thought, wow, our, we just did nothing. But, yeah, that, that's pretty impressive. Yeah, I wouldn't have believed you. Did we mention that we moved up to number 12 in the no, AP? we have not yet, which is awesome. Hey, and, and the college football playoff committee is about to announce on Tuesday. So, maybe when you're listening to this, you already know what our official ranking is of the playoff committee. So, yeah. But I expect around there. I mean, 12 to 15 sounds about right for Auburn right now. We've still got, you know, Texas A&M upcoming and Bama. So, I mean, those are just rough. No rest for the weary. State, whatever. Like, we should be able to beat them. But, hey, Mississippi State can beat you. Yep. <laughs> they, they've done it before. Yeah, without a doubt. Uh, Jared, before we get out of here, how can the people stay in touch with you? Uh, you can just find me on Facebook under my name, Jared Davis. And you can find me on Twitter, A-J-A-Y-J-A-Y underscore. It's always great to be an Auburn Tiger and War Eagle. War Eagle. Thank you for tuning in today's episode on the E2C Network. On your way out, I want to remind you to stop by E2Cnetwork.com. It's your one-stop shop for all our content across our podcast, YouTube channel, and much more. To stay up to date with us, make sure you're following social media accounts such as Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. While our content here may always be Auburn sports heavy, if it's orange and blue, it's what we do. War Eagle.